reading today is The Power of Conferring a Blessing by Mary Lynn Robinson. This excerpt is in the form of a letter from an elderly minister in Gilead, Iowa, to his seven-year-old son in 1956. Now, this might seem a trivial thing to mention, considering the gravity of the subject, but I truly don't feel it is. We were very pious children from pious households in a fairly pious town, and this affected our behavior considerably. Once, we baptized a litter of cats. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine baptizing my cats right now. It's not going well. It occurred to one of the girls to swaddle them up in a doll's dress. There was only one dress, which was just as well, since the cats could hardly tolerate a moment in it and would have been unsaddled as soon as they were christened And in any case. I myself moistened their brows, repeating the full Trinitarian formula. Their grim, old, crooked-tailed mother found us baptizing away by the creek and began carrying her babies off by the napes of their necks. <laughs> we lost track of which was which. <laughs> I still remember how those warm little brows felt under the palm of my hand. Everyone has petted a cat, but to touch one like that, with the pure intention of blessing it, is a very different thing. It stays in the mind. For years, we would wonder what, from a cosmic viewpoint, we had done to them. It seems to me that to be a real question, there is a reality in blessing. It doesn't enhance sacredness, but it acknowledges it. And there is power in that. The Rabbi Lawrence Kushner wrote this about blessings. Offering a blessing is like a coach whispering to an athlete before a competition, you can do it. You can do it. This blessing is more than encouragement. The words of blessing literally ring forth and make real some otherwise unrealizable force. I wonder if the kitten's lives were changed <laughs> by witnessing to the kitten's sacredness. Did the children somehow call it more into being? Does a blessing have to be spoken even in the same language? Or is there some other power in that intention. The Reverend Alea Kemmler says this about blessings. To bless something or someone is to invoke its wholeness, to help remind the person or thing that you are blessing of its essence, its sacredness, its beauty, and to help remind yourself of that too. Blessing does not fix anything, she says. It's not a cure. The blessing doesn't fix us. It doesn't instill health or well-being or strength. Instead, it just reminds us that those things are already within us, waiting to become. At the core, blessing is an intentional act with words or action or presence. And I wonder, what is this power of intention is it naming and bringing a reminder only? Or is there some greater connection, some greater power in our deep, heartfelt intention? 
I have witnessed intention carry people beyond human expectations, doing the impossible. Walking the hospital halls as a chaplain four years ago, there were so many people who seemed to hang on by the thread of a miracle. I remember the woman with diabetes and the doctor said she was long past her time struggling to be with us on this earth. And yet, she seemed to hold on, defying the doctors, until that loved one that we had finally tracked down, we chaplains, arrived and she rallied herself to consciousness to say goodbye, passing within minutes after that. And then there was the young man who was in a coma, and the doctor said his mind had left us weeks before, and yet every time his sister came in the room, his vitals were soothed. She had such a calm presence about her. There is some power to our intention. I've seen too much wonder to go back to disbelief. I draw on our first source as Unitarian Universalists, that experience of transcendent mystery. Our power to bless ourselves and one another and this world is more than symbolic and more than just niceness to one another. Although I appreciate niceness. There is something in setting a deep intention to name that light in ourselves, to name a creative good. The theologian Henry Nelson Wyman talked about this, the creative good, not to look for the created good, some objective thing, but if we set our intention on the creative process, the possibility, what we hope and long for, there's something greater out there. One place to set this deep intention of naming and calling forth qualities is to bless ourselves. This may not be the first place or the place we learn to bless, and let it not be the last place we bless. Perhaps we learned to bless first by blessing others, by blessing our children, by blessing our parents. And yet, let us today begin with blessing ourselves. To bless ourselves, we must first see those qualities within that we need to call forth. We must have some honest, transparent look at ourselves and then deeply accept ourselves. There is a person famous in some ways, and among UU circles, I've heard her called Saint Brene Brown. Some of you may have heard of her. She writes this about accepting our own true selves. Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from our story. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy, those things that make us most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, she writes, will we discover the infinite power of our light. 
And so to bless ourselves, we must be willing to look at ourselves, to appreciate and accept ourselves, and name what it is we need. Only when we name the difficult places where we find ourselves can we also see our true innate qualities that by naming we can call forth to carry us through. I offer this blessing from John O'Donohue, the Irish poet, author, and priest and philosopher, renowned for his gift of blessing. I offer this blessing for solitude, so that we may come to know our unknown selves more truly. May you recognize in your life the presence and power and light of your soul. May you realize that you are never alone, never alone, and that your soul and its brightness and belonging connects you intimately with the rhythm of the universe. May you realize that the shape of your soul is unique and you have a special destiny here. That behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. May you learn to see yourself with the same delight and pride and expectation with which God or the universe already sees you. May it be so. Having learned to bless ourselves when we learn to bless ourselves, with acceptance and goodwill, let us notice another person and their journey. Like the child with the kittens, you can simply pass someone on the street and send them a blessing of well-being. You may not want to say this out loud, but if you're comfortable with it, you could. You could. This might be the new UU evangelical presence. <laughs> Bless you. May you be well. But you can say it, I think, with as much power, or at least some of the power, in your heart. Perhaps, for example, you can be in that busy holiday checkout line with the grumpy customers ahead. Not that you are ever the grumpy customer. And you can think in your heart of the person behind the register and think, may you find the patience and the support in your life and the goodwill to get through this line and find peace and joy in your holiday. You can say that, and I wonder what power you have just waiting to be opened up, power to bless another person's life. Of course, you can bless people that you know as well. It needn't be only strangers. Listen to somebody you know this week. Listen for where they are in their journey. Where are they struggling? And then think of all that you know about this person. What do you know to be true or possible in their character that will help to sustain them through this time and speak it out loud? May you remember how strong you are. You are so strong. May you tap into that strength to get through this hard time. Bless one another.
You can do it, says the coach. It's a blessing. As we prepare to move into a year that may challenge us with political drama at a, believe it or not, heightened scale, (laughs) you say, is that possible? Let's wait and see. (laughs) And with this, there may be an increased strain in your relationships, perhaps with friends and even with family through this. And heaven forbid, we look too much at Facebook and see what people are posting about. I offer us another blessing from John O'Donohue, the renowned blesser. This blessing for courage. When the light around you lessens and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as stone inside. When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you unknowingly leaned on has fallen. When you When one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark, steady yourself. Steady yourself and see that it is your own thinking that darkens your world. Search and you will find a diamond thought of light. Know that you are not alone and this darkness has a purpose. Gradually, it will school your eyes to find the one gift your life requires. Hidden within this night corner, invoke the learning of every suffering that you have suffered. Close your eyes. Gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark. One spark. That is all you need to nourish the flame that will cleanse the dark of its weight of festered fear. A new confidence will come alive to urge you towards higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as its most rewarding threshold. For courage. May we be so courageous. After we bless ourselves and bless others, the third and most challenging blessing in life, requiring the greatest courage, is to accept the blessings of the universe. We must all take our time with this stage of blessing. Accepting the raw blessings from the universe offered from fate and time is no easy task. And I say you are not obligated to accept it. However, there is another Brown that I appreciate reading, an author and organizer for social change, Adrian Marie Brown. And I offer this quote from her book, Emergent Strategy, a quote about accepting the universe's blessings. Now, as much as I fangirl for change, she says, I still struggle when something that I have planned to be just so changes. Did I mention, she writes, that I'm a Virgo oldest child with Aries rising and a Scorpio moon? (laughs) 
I fight until I'm exhausted and then I finally surrender to the inevitable. I've been working on listening for the opportunity. Often this means I have to have a longer view. Time is so good, so consistently illuminating. With time, the apparent crisis becomes a massive blessing. I know this has been true in my life of missed opportunities, heartbreak, organizational shifts, the deaths of loved ones who were miserably and terminally ill. The sooner I can look for the opportunity, the blessing, the more efficient I am in moving towards my vision. The energy to resist and bemoan the change can instead fuel positive movement. What a gift. What a gift to have the courage to accept life's most challenging blessings. Some of them I personally might fight and reject for years, I will say, from lost loved ones to environmental degradation, your minister might fight forever. And yet, Brown is focusing on failures, our failures, and I do hear the wisdom in her words. When we can eventually, when we're ready, find the little glimmers of possibility still scattered around, then we can receive a blessing from the universe at any time. And so I offer one last blessing from John O'Donohue, a blessing on our failures. The will of color loves how light spreads through its diffusions, making texture subtle, clothing a landscape in concealment for color to keep its mysteries hidden from the unready eye. But the light that comes after rain is always fierce and clear and illuminates the face of everything through the transparency of rain. Despite the initial darkening, the light that failure casts is beholden no more to the promise of what dream or work would deliver. It shows where our roots have withered and where the source has gone dry. The light of failure has no mercy. No mercy. No mercy on the affections of the heart, that's for sure. It emerges from beyond the personal, a wiry, forthright light that likes to see crevices open in the shell of a well-controlled life. Though cruel now, it serves a deeper kindness, wise to the larger call of growth. It invites us to humility and the painstaking work of acceptance so that one day we may look back in recognition and appreciation at the disappointment from failure that we now endure. A blessing on our failures. We've talked about blessings as words and blessings as action filled with beneficent intent. And I must add another way to think about blessing. You bless yourself and one another with something you cannot but help do every day. Give your presence. Not presence, but your presence. Being here. 
When I was a youth, I remember a conversation with my dad about going somewhere for a meeting with friends. I was debating going and honestly making excuses why I didn't need to go. It didn't really matter if one more person showed up. It would be a bunch of people and they would, you know, be having such great time. I didn't know half the people. I think I was feeling shy. And then my dad said something so simple and so true. It's up to you, but you must know this. 99% of life is showing up. <laughs> Maybe you've heard it. <laughs> but I've thought about this over the years. Anytime I consider not showing up for something, why does my presence matter so much? I've thought about it, and each time I reflect on it, a little something opens up for me. By being present, I am really saying the other matters, the other person, the other group. I am saying you deeply matter, enough for me to be here. And it demonstrates to my own heart that I believe my presence matters. So it becomes a blessing to me as well to be present. Presence is a blessing, and it is why I wish I could join you, by the way, in all of your meetings. You may not want me there, but I do <laughs> wish I could be there. And yet I can't, because there's only so many hours, and I need sleep, and I have a family. So there's limits. And yet, fortunately, that is not the greatest presence that you all require. Mine. It is yours. Here is the wisdom passed down to you from my Father. You bless one another with your presence. 99% of being a religious community is showing up. Showing up for one another. You bless one another by being here. Whether the meeting is going to be functional whether it is make work or not, whether the sermon topic piques your interest, whether you're curious what Reverend Pippin's going to say or it's somebody you don't care to see, showing up is a blessing to this community, and it is 99% of your power. Especially through these long, cold months of winter, I invite you to consider being present with one another more than ever. You simply never know when your smile and your heartfelt goodwill for the other is just the drop of sustenance that that soul needed to get through a hard time. May you always be filled with the patience and the courage to witness the light in one another and to name it in your heart or out loud. May you always find the perspective and the boldness to name the light of this community out in the world and inspire it by words and actions showing up here and in marches and at other events. May you always bless one another and this community and our world with your one precious, unique, and beautiful presence.
may it ever be so. Amen.